is not just saying belief in the sense of I believe I can fly. I'm talking about really believing that you are capable and competent to be able to tap into that passion that you have. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast with Danielle Jervy Harmon, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Danielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, Let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I want to make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this. I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind. We do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by Shatter Your Income Ceiling, my private advanced training that breaks down the framework my clients are using to experience consistent $30,000 to $100,000 months in their service-based businesses. Learn more and apply today at workwithdarnielle.com. OMG. I got another good one for you today, folks. Today, I sit down with the Fred Fitzgiles. Let me just say this before we even jump into what Fred and I talked about. This interview was really special to me because Fred is from right here in Delaware. I can't remember if we talk about it in our interview or not. I know we were talking about it just before we started recording, but we actually grew up together and his sister beat me up once. (laughs) I know you're like, why are you telling us this? That's how far we go back, right? We go way back and it has been such a joy to watch him shift and change and motivate and change so many lives. And so I'm really excited about our conversation, which today was really all about the importance of self, right? We talked a lot about self-awareness, self-belief, self-care, self-motivation, and probably my most favorite part of the interview was the power of proximity. And that he said, it's like basic math. Who's adding to you? Put yourself in a position where you are constantly being multiplied and not divided by the people that are in your space. And that all starts when you focus on self. Such a powerful conversation. Let me read you Fred's bio. Fred Fitzgiles is the founder and CEO of It's Time to Lead Personal Growth Solutions. He is a man of God, a 30-year seasoned IT professional and multimedia consultant, a father, a husband, a pop-up, a family man, a media guy, and a technology geek who loves old school music and has a genuine heart to help others. He's been a student of personal development for more than 20 years and became, in 2016, a certified John Maxwell speaker, coach, and trainer. One of the ways that he introduces his services to small business entrepreneurs, corporations, his ministries, and ministries is through his facilitated groups that offer a combination of lunch and learns, one-on-one coaching, masterminding, skills training, peer brainstorming, education, and accountability. Wow, they sound really, really powerful. In a group environment that sharpens your business and personal skills. His goal is to make a positive impact by showing how we can all live a life of significance by encouraging others to take action and move with pure purpose. If that gives you any indication about how fire this conversation is about to be, I want you to grab a helmet and shoulder pads and brace yourself as you get that pen and paper ready. Let's jump into this powerful conversation with Fred Fitzgiles. Fred Fitzgerald. Woo-hoo. 
<laughs> so excited to welcome you to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm blessed. I'm humbled to be here with you. Appreciate you so much, Danielle. Congratulations I, on your new iMac. <laughs> I know, right? I, you know what? It was partially, I have a new assistant that just started. And okay. so part of it was to give her my old, but the most important part was just for me to get something new. Okay. Okay. Is that, that's Shanika, right? Shanika, yeah. Oh, she's great. Oh, yeah. She's great. She's, yeah. She kept me on point. Yeah. So I'm excited about having her here and being on the team. Okay. So why don't we just start with you telling everybody who you are in your own words? Okay. Well, my name is Fred Fitzgiles. I'm a certified speaker, coach, and trainer with the John Maxwell team. Also founder of It's Time to Lead Personal Growth Solutions, where I help individuals and business owners and leaders face the reality of their mentality, their mindset. From Wilmington, Delaware, born and raised by way of 39th Street, Master Run, Dunleaf, <laughs> and Market Street. My background is in corporate America, 30 years in IT, the computer guy, also a media professional with Studio 22 Media Group, and I'm a father of five beautiful children. Ages range from 30 down to 14, and as of the 31st of this month, I'll be celebrating my one-year anniversary to my marriage to my wife, Iona, who loves you dearly. I love her. <laughs> and as a result of that marriage, I have a sixth child, a beautiful daughter, and I got four grandchildren and two on the way. Wow. And tell you that. Yeah, I don't often have guests that are from where I'm from. I do know I mean, that. I've known I'm for a lot of time. His sister, Frida, used to beat me up. <laughs> See, we I heard that story. So I, where was I? She, I she used to that. beat me up. I don't know why. I don't even know why. What we Frida, right about? But she used to beat me up when we was little. That's how long I've known Fred and his family. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So to have the opportunity to chat with him now, many years later, doing the powerful work that he's doing out into the world. He has this one morning affirmation that I listen to on repeat that gets yeah. my whole life in the morning. Oh, so I'm man, just excited great. that you are here. I'm excited about the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Um, and I just know that at a time such as this, people need you. So when you just said a minute ago, I help people face the reality of their mentality. I was like, yes. okay, first of all, I think we found <laughs> the title of this episode before we had this conversation. Okay? Right. That's how good that was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to unpack that a little bit because I don't know how it is for people who grow up in other places, but right. the Wilmington, Delaware mentality yes. is very, very, very limiting and yes. self-sabotaging. Right, right. That's so true. for you and I both to still be here, right? Like people yeah. ask me all the time, why do you still <laughs> Why are you still there? Right, like, right. I like it. Like I, right, right. I like that we're close to New York. We're close yep. to DC. I love that we don't pay any taxes on That's our right. sales. Like That's I love right. all of that. So how do you help people face the reality of their mentality? Like where does it start? Well, I've already I, actually it definitely starts where by a self-awareness. And I think that a lot of times for me personally, you know, the story is my my mother she struggled with mental illness when I was younger. And I've always had a fascination. She had schizophrenia and things of that nature. So I had to grow up real, real fast, mm. uh, taking care of my brother and sister. And I didn't know what was going on at the time, you know, but it kind of like, it kind of, as I got older, it, it kind of made me get a passion for protecting my mind, mm -hmm. protecting my mental status. And I didn't really know about, I know of God, of course, when I was younger, I had aunts and uncles praying for me. But I realized God was covering me and he was protecting my mind because I've had mental illness in my family as well, you know, prior. And so it was always a thing for me to to try to survive as a black man and coming from a poor area and to try to be the best that I can, you know, and to try to be able to help other people who are struggling with their self-belief because it's yeah. a big struggle right now. And even though, and it doesn't matter from people who, who don't have anything to people that are the riches of riches, you know, we all struggle with that because think about when we're born, right? There's no conscious. There's right. always, there's this subconscious, right? right? So whatever we grow up with, you know, the, you know, what our parents taught us, don't go outside in the rain, use an umbrella in the house, all those different beliefs. Right. We actually make an agreement with those beliefs and we don't challenge them until we get to an age where we're saying, wait a minute, at eight years old, there's no Santa Claus. 
you lied to me. Somebody lied. There's, there's no Easter bunny. You lied to me, right? It's like we we are we are, and now we now we got to reset these beliefs. We got to reset these thoughts and processes, and then we get older. We recognize we don't know who we are now. Yeah, that's so good. I want to just stop you right there because because yeah. I I know you're about to go into something even more fabulous, but I want to pull back the curtain on what you just yeah. said because it was really powerful. You said we make an agreement with the beliefs we don't even challenge them. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I did my TED talk on your, I call it your inner seven-year-old. I saw that was incredible. Who we are is formed by the time we're seven. And it's based on who we first meet when we come into this world, right? And I even do the diagram, like when when, um, Iona came to the tour stop, I did the clear water and then I added iodine in it. I was like, we're born as vessels of light and then we mm. meet our parents. Yeah, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> right, right, right. Lack, right? And, and not because our parents are terrible people, no. but when you are born into a limited situation, yeah. a limited situation is created for your offspring. And so that's I right. know that's what happened for my mom and dad, right? They yeah. were addicts. And so mm-hmm. mental health issues, addiction it all creates a debilitating environment for the offspring, right? Yes, and so absolutely. we're born into this environment. We don't challenge the beliefs. We come into agreement with said beliefs. Yeah. And then we become an adult and we're trying to figure out why we are doing the things that we're doing or not doing the things that we should be doing. And it's all because of something we learned before we were seven. That's right. That it wasn't even ours that we took possession of mm-hmm. without even realizing that we took possession of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think that the doing that work around mindset is so important. Like I right. remember, you know, when I first started my business and, you know, I'm technically a business coach. I say technically because I do so much more than that. But that's <laughs> technically what I do. Okay. I didn't want to do mindset work. I just wanted to give people strategy and help them to oh, make a lot of money. Gotcha. Gotcha. But then I realized that no amount of strategy in the world will help the person who's got a mindset issue. Right. That's true. And yeah. now I know that getting your business to whatever the milestone is, whether it's, you know, a quarter of a million, half a million, a million, 10 million, it's all mental. Mm-hmm. It's all a mentality issue. So I'm excited that that you're doing this work. So you said that we have to start off becoming self-aware. So what does yeah. that look like? What does self-awareness look like, Fred? First of all, to me, it's just kind of being able to be intentional about understanding who you are. Mm-hmm. It's being intentional about what you like, what you do, what you do well, what you don't do well, what makes you tick, your strengths, your weaknesses. These are the, being self-aware and also also being aware of the, the emotions mm-hmm. that sometimes get a hold of you and you can't and, and you and, and learn how to be able to manage them and pull them back when they get out of hand. Because I, I realize in you know even in business and in, in, in the work environment, you know, that corporate American environment, there's a lot of times that you can be sitting next to somebody and they absolutely will rip you to shreds in the meeting. And there's something in you that stops you from going across that table. <laughs> that's what we call Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's Jesus right there, right? It's, it's, and you didn't know. That's what that is. <laughs> that is the, so, 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 so we definitely do know that. But in the same time, being able to understand that there are certain times where that of course, you can't do that in the corporate America, but in business, we get so upset and we get so angry and we let other people push our buttons because we don't really know who we are. We don't know how we're going to react. So being self-aware to me is being able to be having, having the ability to understand you, how you tick. Because most of the time we weren't about seeing, you know, as, as, as the scripture I was talking about the other day, seeing the, the, the thorn in somebody else's eye, with, you know, the scripture that they talk mm-hmm. about, point, pointing your finger at somebody else and pointing something out in somebody else's eye, but you can't even recognize your own, right. your own challenges. So yeah, I think that that's important. I think, you know, self-awareness is so critical. And this is regardless of who you are and where you are, right? Mm-hmm. My, my nanny, now, I didn't realize this as a child, that nanny, she was the first entrepreneur I ever met in my life. She used to sell freeze cups in the projects of Southbridge. Wow. 
And Nanny was like, she was a gangster with her thing. Like mm-hmm. me being her grandbaby, yeah, no. If I didn't have no quarter, I couldn't get no freeze cut. Right. Like she ain't played them type of games. Like yeah, yeah. she's the reason why to this day I can't be giving stuff away for free. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but but Nanny used to say I was a very inquisitive, precocious child. And Nanny used to mm-hmm. say all the time, you need to get somewhere and sit down. And so when I think about self-awareness, that's what I, I think. It's an opportunity to get somewhere and sit down and get some clarity about what matters most to you, right? It's, it's cliche. Yeah. And we hear it every time we get on the plane, although we're not really getting on planes as much right now. Yeah, but right. The, the flight attendant says, should the cabin lose pressure, an oxygen mask will drop from the ceiling. Secure your mask before helping those on the journey with you. Self-awareness is, is securing your mask and making right. sure that who you are, who you are to be is sound and equipped to facilitate whatever it is you are to offer to other people, right? Yes, yes. So once we're self-aware, then you say we need to protect our mental status. What does that look like? How do how do I take my self-awareness self-awareness state mm. and then protect my mental? Like what does that look like? By watching, but uh, paying attention to what you listen to, mm-hmm. pay attention to what you're reading. Pay attention to people who are you around and what they're saying to you. Also, being able to protect your own voice, that chatterbox that happens that tells you, who do you think you are? What makes you, nobody from this neighborhood can do that. Yeah. What do, we, what do you think you're from? Like that chatterbox that we're always fighting with, like you say, that's in between our ears, is protecting that from the outside and being influenced yeah. by the outside world. That's kind of what that looks like because you got to kind of protect it to make sure that not only that you stay sane, right, but also that you got to protect it from you hurting yourself. Yeah, that's so good. You, you, are, you will hurt yourself if you don't protect yourself. And then the thing is, we're always trying to get in front. We're always trying to get in front of a bullet and, and jump in front of a bullet with somebody else, trying to protect somebody else. But we don't. We won't. We won't. We won't wear a bulletproof vest for ourselves. Mm, oh my gosh, that is so good, Fred. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. I think about um, as you were talking and describing protecting your mental status and watching what you eat or not eat. Well, you didn't say eat, but maybe eating has something to do with it. It might have something to do with that too. Right. <laughs> yeah, but watching what you listen to, which you yes. what you put in you basically. Yeah. And then you said the chatterbox. I call that your inner incredible snatcher, right? Mm, the, yes, our, yes. our worst critic is ourselves. We don't yes. need someone else to tear us down because we'll right. do it ourselves without even thinking about it, right? That's true. Yeah. And so as a part of that protection process and making sure that we don't tear ourselves down and we see ourselves, as I like to say, the way God sees us, yes. what are some of the things we need to make sure that we're doing day in and day out in order to create an environment that prevents us from, from even needing that protection from ourselves? I do know, it's, I talk about the power of proximity and, and, and being around the, the people that are going to add to you. It's like, it's like basic math. It's like, you know, of course, if you have people that's around you, that's adding to you and keep adding to you mm-hmm. and they're helping you and they're not leaning on you and they're adding to you, eventually you, they're, they're going to they're they're help you multiply, mm-hmm. right? But if you have people that's constantly pulling from you and subtracting from you, they eventually, they, they're going to they're, they're gonna cause you to divide. Mm-hmm. And so... One of the things you can do is also get into environments where you can grow and remove yourself from environments where you're stagnant. Remove yourself from environments where you're accepting and making agreement with the negative. Yeah. I was just interviewing Warren Carlisle um, for the podcast as well. And at the end, he said, you know, who are you collaborating with right now? And I told him the people I'm collaborating with. He's like, yeah, I know all of those people. Those are your circle. I want you to get uncomfortable. I want you Mm. to get some people who you don't know as well that you can collaborate with so that you can, you know, expand your platform and truly get the impact and influence that you're wanting. And I feel like this power of proximity is a big part of that, right? It's it's like the old cliche saying, if you're the smartest person in your group, you need to get a new group, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And making sure that we do spend time. And it's, you know, it it is slightly cliche, but it is true. It's true. I can't remember if it was Zig Ziglar who said it. I think it was Zig Ziglar who said you become like the five people with whom you spend the majority of your time, right? Yeah, yeah. And so what I want for everybody who's listening to this episode right now, I want you to literally take a piece of paper and I want you to write down 
the five people that you spend the majority of your time with. And we're going to do what Fred just said. He said, either they're adding to you or they're subtracting from you. And if they're adding to you, they're going to help you to multiply or grow. And if they're subtracting, they're going to cause you to divide. So those five names that you just wrote down, I want you to put a plus or a minus next to them. And you'll know whether or not they get a plus or a minus based on how you feel the visceral reaction in your body when you see their name come across your phone, right? So if it's someone that you love that adds value, when you see their name, you can't answer it fast enough. Put a plus because they're adding. And when you see the person that you want to send them the voicemail and there's no reason for you to send them the voicemail, it's not like you're in a meeting or, you know, you're at church, like there's, you're literally doing absolutely nothing and you hit... (laughs) decline. Yeah, that person's a minus and you need to get rid of them. I'm going to take it one step farther than what what Fred just said. I'm going to challenge you to for the people who are minuses to begin to phase them out of your circle, your your core inner circle, the people who have the ability to influence how you show up on the planet and who it is that you become, because everything is tied to those five people. If you are hanging around people who are always crying broke, that might be why your money is funny, right? And so that can be a way to start facing the reality of your mentality so that you can make the shifts you need to make to get to where it is that you need to do. Okay. That's good. That's really good, Donia. I'm just, all I'm doing is just regurgitating what you're saying. So you're the one who's saying the good stuff. (laughs) Then you said something about self-belief. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the, or I don't know if you did this intentionally or not, Fred. I, I tend to think you did, but mm-hmm. just in case you didn't, I'm going to point it out for everyone else. Okay. I think that even the order in which you mentioned these three things was purposeful. Okay. Right? So first we have to get self-aware and become mm-hmm. intentional about understanding who we are. Mm-hmm. Then we've got to pay attention to what we're putting in ourselves so that we can minimize the chatterbox, as you call it. Yeah. And then we have to fortify ourselves in self-belief. The first, I want you to define self-belief for us. And then I want you to tell us what we can begin to do to raise our self-belief. Well, self-belief is, to me, believing in your ability, in your potential, in your capacity to achieve whatever it is that your hearts and desires wants to do. Mm, that's good. It's not just saying belief in a sense of, I believe I can fly. I'm talking about really believing that you are capable and competent to be able to tap into that passion that you have and that potential and become aware of that and then take action on it. It's one thing to believe. It's a big gap between what we know and what we do. And what we know, we can go to all the seminars, we can read all the books and and then we have all the information but if you the, the part that's in the middle that's that's missing the brick that's missing is your belief that you can do it. Yeah. Oh, if you don't believe that you can do it, right? Then borrow the belief, get around other people in the proximity and borrow the belief of someone else until you can believe in yourself. Mm, okay, that's good. Oh, that's good. Okay. So you said the definition of self-belief is believing in your ability, potential and capacity to achieve your heart's desire and being capable and confident to take action. Yes. I want to talk about capacity. Yeah, man. Because I feel like ability and potential, people get that. But capacity, I think capacity trips people up. Yeah. So if I struggle with self-belief, Fred, what might my capacity look like? A pint of milk. (laughs) Look, I was thinking a cup. I I gave him a little bit more. You did. You did. That was nice of you. That was nice. Be generous today. I like it. I think think it's good. I think the point of that is if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to be able to accomplish anything, right? It's going to stop you from being able to truly show up and do what it is that you were really created to do. So yeah. when I think back to just the, the little snippet that you've shared about yourself and your personal story, yeah. growing up in a family where your parents had mental 
health issues yeah. and how you had to grow up really fast to raise your brother and your sister yeah. or to at least assist in the raising of your brother sure. and sister. How did you apply these same three principles, self-awareness, protecting your mental status and your own self-belief to be able to not become succumbed by what's happening in your environment, but to actually rise above it? I've always asked myself that question. It's, it's interesting. Um, when we were, when I was younger, I, I, I do know that I've always wanted to be able to take care of my brother and sister. And I knew that the environment that I was seeing around me was not an environment that's going to allow me to do it. And I knew that I had to be able to be around people who that who who I could learn from in order to be able to always take another step. And the belief that I had in myself was that I ha- I can't go anywhere but up. And I had to really not ignore the things that was going on, but I had to stay so busy. You know, my background was also in music. So I was always getting into music or doing something that would help me to build my confidence. And see, I was started getting around people that would say, you know, you know, basically say to me that I believe in what you can do. And then I also would protect my brothers and sisters by always speaking positivity and letting them know that I didn't accept them for just hanging around and not doing anything. I wanted them to be able to be as best as they possibly can. And then when they, when they had friends come around, we always set a standard. We always loved and God's love really, really kept and protected me, even though I didn't even know he was doing it. Mm-hmm. So I trusted in God you know, because of the fact that I knew that it was, it, it had to be better, but I had to believe in myself that whatever I put my mind to, I couldn't let anything negative get in my way. I couldn't let the, 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 the opportunities that were coming up that, you know, pass me by without me at least learning. I knew I can do better. I know I can learn better and I just stay focused and I motivated myself to be able to continue to believe in myself until I got and, I, and it was levels to it. So it's, it's just certain levels. I worked very, very hard. And then after I, after I worked hard, I made sure that I, I, I shared and did exactly what I had to do to make sure that I took advantage of every opportunity and not let anything negative affect me. And so how hard was that, though? Like you're you're describing it now with such conviction. And I can appreciate that being on the far removed side of it looking back but when you were in it how hard was being in your environment with your family who probably said things like oh you think you're better than us Mm -hmm. right oh what we do isn't good enough right How, how did you if you can recall during that time like how did you manage that because i can only imagine that it wasn't as easy as you and and as eloquent (laughs) (laughs) as you describe it now after the fact sure yeah but yeah it was it was definitely hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of times where I would look around and I I would I I would cry because of the fact that you know I didn't I I, I didn't want to get I I didn't want to get caught up in the streets Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get caught up you know in a situation where you know I I was I was put in jail or being around or in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I just didn't, also didn't want to get you know caught up, caught up in a way that I would let my family down. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. And even though people said, "Who you think you are? You think you're an MC? You think you're a rapper? You think you're doing this and you working here? You working there?" I didn't let that affect me because nobody was paying my check, nobody was paying my bills, you know. So I couldn't elect people to you know turn me around or steer me in the wrong direction. And although I had opportunities in which, of course, you know, to, to go the wrong direction, but I just thank God that I made a choice. It's all, life is all about choices, Darnell. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the choices that you make and understanding if you make these particular choices and you, 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 you gotta be willing to be able to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing to accept the consequences gonna be harmful to me or my family. So I just persevered and pushed through it. And I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look up until I was successful. Mm, I love that. I didn't look up until I was successful. That's good. Um, you mentioned not wanting to let your family down. Yeah. But was it possible or I don't know if this even enter, ever entered in, but it's the first thing that popped into my spirit that I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting because your family was creating the dynamic that you couldn't you couldn't be a part of. You didn't want to be a part of. But at the same time, you had 
an affinity to not let them down. That almost feels like a like a dichotomy, right? Yeah, it, it is because it's funny you say that because it's like I know what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. I I love my family. Yeah, I knew that it, it's interesting. It's kind of like my dad used to say. You know, my my, my dad would pull out a cigarette and say, "Don't don't don't, don't, don't let me let you, don't let me catch you smoking." You know that that kind of thing. That kind of. <laughs> I don't want you doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was always that. As I say now as I do. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was kind of like that. So I, I I knew what he meant. He didn't want me to fall into what was going on. And and it's interesting thing. Success. You know, when I was younger, the most successful thing that I heard before I really really started getting around different people is listen. You know, all you gotta do is get into an accident and uh, you can get that check. Um, you hurt and you know, then you're going to be good. You ain't got to work ever again. And I, I, for wow. some reason I said, wait a minute, that can't be, you can't want me to accept success, being average as success and brag about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I love y'all, but I'm, I'm going to find something different because mm-hmm. I'm not average and I'm not going to accept me, me, mediocrity as being average and, and then, and then mistaking that for success. Or, or basing everything on something that is out of integrity. Yeah, true. Like that's true. Banking too, yeah. your life on <laughs> hurting yourself in an accident. Right. Just so that you can collect a check. Like right, that's, right, right. That's poverty mindset. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. day and twice on Sunday, right? Yeah, and and I I was raised with that poverty mindset. That's why my journey is interesting because I was raised with that mindset. And even though I was going to a certain point, I, I recognize that that drove me to get better and better because I knew that's not that's not where I wanted to be. Yeah. But I had to rely on me not believing that I had to change that program. I had to kind of I'm an IT guy. I had to really, you know, back in the day it was floppy disk and CDs. I had to yeah. constantly update my programming of my mind. Yeah in order to be able to see what the next upgrade was going to be and being in the proximity of people who are going to look at me and say, I see something different in you. I'm going to bring you over here. I want to bring you in the IT field. I got into IT because I was going to the mall trying to get girls with my, with my friend. Like I didn't really get, you know, and next thing you know, this, this girl's at a table. I'm trying to get a number. She has me fill application to a school. <laughs> I'm trying to get a number. She's giving me application. The number was wrong. But I, I wanted to go to school, passing in computer operations. And 30 years later, um, t- and $2 million later, I thank her. I didn't get a number, yeah, but thank you, God. Right. Well, <laughs> you, got so you got a different number. <laughs> yeah, you got a true. number in your bank account. Yes. <laughs> and it's documented. Social Security can tell me exactly how much I made. Right. Which is, I think, I mean, I, I think that that is, is such a good message underneath what you just said that I want to pull out for the people that are listening. You know, sometimes getting to where you're supposed to be is about you doing it for selfish gain. Right. (laughs) And I I imagine that there were not many moments where it could be all about Fred when you were helping to raise your brother and sister. Right. 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 Um, And, and so to be able to steal away in a moment at the mall, trying to get the girl and the girl (laughs) hooks you up, you know, probably way better. I mean, had she given you the right number, who knows where (laughs) she might be right now. She'd probably be on both. But Allowing you True. to get into an environment where you could see that something else was possible. Yeah. Because that do as I say, not as I do is only going to carry us but so far. Yeah. Yeah. And then having the 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 will and the determination yeah. to decide. Like that's what my therapist always said to me, right? She would always be like, I'm just I'm impressed by you because normally when you have the child of two parents of addiction. Yeah they succumb to addiction. And so the fact that you were able to be resilient and rise above it, I'm blown away by that. And it happens, she said something crazy, like one in four. So most out of four children, three are going to go in the direction that they have observed. One is going to walk the other way. And people ask me that all the time. Like, how did you decide and choose the path? And I honestly... Fred, I don't think God chose the path. I think God chose the path for me. I think you said earlier, he was covering you when you didn't even really know who he was. And that's the beauty of God, right? That is. Because before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew and approved you. Yeah. And so even though you didn't know him yet, he still had a hand in your creation. And so he protects, 
right? You know, he says in the Bible, touch not my anointing, do my prophet no harm. So because in Jeremiah 1 and 5, when he knew and approved you and called you a prophet, Mm. he's already made a covenant to make sure that no one does does you harm. Amen. And so that covering is what allows you to be where you are. And I mean, honestly, that's the only thing that makes sense to me, that God was in this thing from day zero. Yeah. yeah. He, actually, he was probably in it before it was a day. And <laughs> as a result of that, yeah. I had enough in- inclination to look around and see what was in front of me and say, yeah, no, nah, there's got to nah. be a door number three, because I Absolutely. don't want either of those doors. Right. And I would just imagine that the same is true about you and where you've been able to get to on your path and in your journey. It's because there was a different door for you to choose. And yeah. God was covering you and protecting you and keeping you for a moment such like this, knowing that, you know, you would grow up and have the gumption in addition to having this massive IT and audio visual background, yeah. you would decide that you want to coach and develop and train people on leadership yeah. and to be able to impart all of the wisdom that you've accomplished over the years and bring it full circle into this moment to be living in the purpose for which it was created. And I just think that's powerful that he knew all of that. Yeah. I just thank God and I love God with every fiber of my being. I'm not ashamed. And I do not apologize for it because yeah. I know, I know it's because of him is it, the reason why I am who I am. So I can appreciate yeah. that. Like, I, I don't even know, well. Fred, like I get, I scratch my head a lot or shake my head Me a too. lot <laughs> at the thought that people would be trying to do this thing, this thing called life, this thing called business, this thing called entrepreneurship, this thing called marriage, right? This thing called parenthood, this thing called whatever, fill in the blank, without him absent I, from God. Like, I, I don't get, get it. And, and yeah, you know I what? I, I sometimes, I probably piss like super Christians off when I say stuff like this, but right, I'm going right. to say it anyway. Like, I don't, care right what you call them call them god if you want to call them god call them source call them universe call Energy. them spirit call them creator <laughs> right, call right. them whatever works for you that's right because right, right. god is not he is so not inundated or concerned about that because he knows that all of those are his name that's right that's right <laughs> like every single one of them Baal or any of the right. other little G gods in the Bible, we're talking about all forms of his identity, right? That's right. So call it whatever you want, but to try to do this thing called life without a connection and an alignment to yes. the creator of the abundant universe, the spirit of all that is good, yes. God, Yahweh, like, yes. I just don't understand how people do it. Mm. I don't, and I don't like to be sitting in a seat of judgment because I don't, I live in a glass house, right? Right, right, right. But I just cannot fathom and understand why anybody would want to attempt to do life without recognizing that there is a force, there is a power, there is a spirit that is greater than us all, that is yeah. guiding us, that is watching over us, that is protect, protecting us, that is making it obvious and powerful for us to experience abundance at every turn. Yes. And I feel like if you don't recognize that, then you are leaving abundance on the table. And leaving abundance on the table is bigger than leaving money on the table. Yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, and money's not the issue. That's not, it's the Right. Abundance. Well, that's right. what I'm saying, leaving abundance on the table. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You don't leave that on the table. But if you don't know, if you don't know God, look, I'm just, I'm writing a new Darnielism right now. Come if on, If you don't now. know God, you're leaving abundance on the table. Thank you. There it is. I'm Come writing that down on. myself. Mm, mm, mm. Like, it's just, it's just amazing to me to think that, I today would be in this place doing this work. Yes. I would have never guessed that. And I imagine that you would, you would say the same thing, right? Like Absolutely. if you look back, no. would you have guessed that today this is where you would be? No, it chose, like you said, it chose me. I didn't choose it. It chose you, Donya. It's the same thing. It's amazing. But yeah. God knew it the whole time. Yeah. I mean, my, my version of God was my aunt taking me over there. She's going to give me a dollar and I'm going to put, you know, 75 in the pot and then I'm going to keep 25 cents to go to Mass and run to get some fishes. That's, that, was my, that was God to me. Little Swedish fish. Little Swedish fish. You know, that was it. But, but to know that there are several times where, you know, I almost got in a car accident at 18 years old. I, you know, I had situations that happened in my life. And, and more recently, um, I, this is the first time you're sharing this, uh, three months ago, I was in the middle of my floor. 
not because of COVID, because I had a pain in my stomach. And about a, a day later, I had to get my appendix out. Mm. And it was to the, to, to, the, to the point where when I was when I was formed in my mom's womb, mm -hmm. uh, the, the organs come out and they go back in. And when they go back in, mine shifted. Wow. Now I've been living for 40, I'll be 50 years old. So I've been living with a shifted appendix on the wrong side of my body for 49 years. Wow. And three months ago, I had to get surgery. And three months here now, thank God, no COVID and like that. Thank you, Jesus. But it was like, you just never know. God was covering me then. The whole time. What covering me then. And I don't take that for granted. And I don't think anybody should just take life for granted. You know, I was watching Greenleaf the other night and it scared me. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Greenleaf, but, you know, it's like the end, it's at the end of the, of the thing. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the dad's sitting, sitting on the bed and his wife oh. is talking to him. And he, yeah, and he starts having a stroke or something. But, but, but he's still having a stroke. But, Danielle, I'm in the music and film. The way they did that scene. It stuck with me because my mom passed, mm -hmm. my dad, my dad died, and the way they shot that scene and the way, how he acted that thing out, it shook me to my core. Yeah, you know how they, they you know, they, they, they kind of, they, they kind of do those kind of scenes, and they, there's no music, and then they go to black, and then it's, it's just a bunch of. I sat there and stared at the TV because I was thinking that could happen at any time. Yeah, and what if you don't know God? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What if you were about to go tomorrow? You were about to give your life tomorrow. What, what then? And that, to me, that, is, that was a wake-up call for if you don't know. And that's why I love you. I love what you, the way you do what you do. I love how people can say, oh, Danielle, she's this and this and that. But you understand, Danielle is a woman of God, a real woman of God, and she's not ashamed. And she has merged business and God, and ain't nobody kicking you out from DuPont nowhere else. <laughs> because you are not ashamed, and I admire that in you. And I don't see how anybody, like you said, can get through this life without God. Yeah. And no matter what I do, I can't, I can't stop talking about God. It yeah. comes out when I'm doing my podcast. I'm doing. I'm talking about music, right. empowerment, right? And here, here comes God. I have an interview with a gentleman who was in used to play, you know, work with Bad Boy. Here we go. Talk about God. When it's in you, when He's in you, He's in you. He's in you. Yeah. And when you do His business, then your business will prosper. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love. It's not that. the other way around because He's waiting for you. Definitely. This is so good. Yeah. Anything else you want to share about facing the reality of your mentality? Yes. So what? So <laughs> basically, what I so what, girl, we we can go on. So what? I, so what I do with my business that so we have the the business model is lunch and learns and masterminds. And mm -hmm. right now, because I got certified, uh, I'm licensed to be able to teach on you know nine of John's books and it covers personal growth communication. So we get together in the course of five to six weeks. This is a mastermind format, and uh, we actually. Um, be able to help people to be able to again. I, I love the, the the mindset piece because most of the time people we're going we're going through these lessons and I'm not teaching. I'm just facilitating, just pulling out. It's like coaching. A lot of people thinking that coaching is me telling you what to do. No, coaching right. is me helping you to help you to discover what's already in you. Yeah, definitely. It's you to, to become aware of that greatness that's already in you, and me asking you enough questions to pull it out. And so I ask questions about self-esteem and how do you feel about yourself and then we have communication in that community you know and I, I, I'm, I only do you know people five to ten people because it allows people to be able to really dig into you know why I deal with fear why I don't have a negative attitude things of that nature and those attributes and help you to develop them over time and then you come out on the other end and now you're able to be able to be more confident in what you're doing understanding your purpose, understanding not only, you know, why you were here, why you were chosen, but what you need to do. And so that's kind of what I do with, uh, with and it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been incredible. I've had about 50 students so far over the last three years that I got started. It's different. It's a shift because, you know, I'm going from being the IT guy to now talking to you one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's different, but it's, it, it's, it's not success to me. It's significance. 
That's Red, oh, you, thing you want me to me. smack you. I don't know why. <laughs> We've been having such a good time together. You said it's not success to me, it's significance. Mm, significance. I gotta write that down. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yep. Mm, that's so good. And I think life changes when you start focusing on being significant. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Because everybody's a story. Right. Yeah. If you think about it, we all have a story and nobody wants to leave this earth earth, right? Nobody wants to leave this earth thinking, you know, nobody's gonna remember me. Right. At the end of the day, they're not gonna worry about how much money you got, then they're not gonna have it, you know, they, and, and people are not gonna worry about all the houses and the cars, they're not gonna worry about that. They're gonna worry about what did you do to make a statement in this life and to help others. Yeah. What is your story? Right? Because each 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 person in life has a story to touch other people with. And I always I always love about significance because success is fleeting. It comes and goes. Yeah. You know, you, you, you actually if you chase I used to chase money. Right. And now it's like you chase money. All of a sudden you you actually achieve it. You, you, you actually hit the milestone. But the problem is, if you stay there too long, your milestone becomes a tombstone and then you don't do anything else. Mm. And then you stop. And now you walking around doing a, a tour, a banquet tour. Look what I did. You're showing your awards, but that but you're not significant because you only focus on facts and figures and numbers. Yeah. But when you recognize that you got to that position, you got to that top so you can put your hand down and reach out for somebody else and change their life with a word or change their life by helping them to recognize and become aware that that mindset they, that they have it's that stinking thinking. We got to help you to turn that belief around because our, our our beliefs drive our behaviors. That's why, you know, a lot of black men are getting in trouble because their beliefs are, are, are getting, are, are driving their behaviors. And we got to be able to sh- sh- help them to shift that belief, shift, know where you came from, shift all that, 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 you know, and, and recognize that and show you that a, not a better way, but a different way, mm-hmm. just a different way to think. And once you change that belief about how you are, or who you are, and what you're here for, then it's going to drive different behaviors. Yeah. And those different behaviors are going to get you different results. That's good. I didn't even go for the Drop the mic. That was so good. <laughs> I, I even have nothing else to say. I just want <laughs> to our incredible factor wisdom questions, which we do at the end of every episode. Absolutely. Just kind of ground out our time together. And then I want to just go and sit in everything that you said <laughs> you said i bless you if you chase money you'll hit the milestone but then your milestone will become a tombstone you'll be stuck gosh and oh, you t- that's so good thank you guys that's so good mm, that's why you got to chase purpose instead yeah because purpose go. will give you longevity there you go there you go it's mm. purpose that's so good okay all right. Before I let you go, I gotta ask our incredible factor wisdom question. So my first question is, what is your favorite quote? Yeah, I got one. It's uh, sorry you can't pick my brain. I do not offer business insight and strategies. A complimentary service. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I love that. You, my wife, love that. That's the truth. Yeah. Danielle Dervey, by the way. <laughs> Harmon. We try to do it. Yes. Absolutely. Well, when I came up with that, I was Darnell Jervy. So okay, 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 okay. Um, but, yeah. but, but that, but 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 that, but but that's yours. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I'll take. Look, I'll write it down. Um, what's the last book you read? Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Awesome. Very good one. It's so essential in the work that we do. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm about to take a diversity inclusion training and certification. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm trying to to learn about that mind. Yeah. And then the last one is, what is one tool you swear by to grow your business? Right now, because I do a lot of live streams, it's Ecamm. Ecamm. I like Ecamm. Ecamm, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I know someone was on your show. I, I follow Mark Braden. Oh, Markeith. Mm-hmm. Markeith, yeah, Markeith, right? Yeah, yeah, he's doing a lot. I, I, I'm on it every single day. My wife's like, yeah, that's the one you want to tell. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like Ecam. I, yeah. um, I don't do all of the things you can do with it, but sure. I definitely like that I can move between different screens and yeah. 
all of that kind of stuff, which is good. Well, I'm just, I'm excited that you were here. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm so honored. I appreciate you so much. And I had such a great time. And uh, this is, this is something I think that I was looking forward to all week. My wife was like, what, boy, you sit down somewhere. I said, I'm going to be on with Dawn. Yeah, what you talking about? (laughs) You was with her. I I think I see her on Zoom. It's okay. But I also wanted to thank you for all that you do. Um, I, you know, I've, I've been following for years and I've been learning so much from you. You are one of my, my mentors from afar and I've been learning because this is a whole new realm for me. So I'm looking forward to being able to, you know, not only help other people to recognize their value, but also build my value so I can add value to others. Cause it, you know, it, it starts with us and yeah. that's why I'm, I got one show, but I'm starting a new podcast on the 20th called it's time to lead. And, uh, it's going to be, you know, where, where leaders come to grow together mm-hmm. because we can't lead anybody until we first lead ourselves. That's right. That's good. I'm gonna, look, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the information. I'll send that to Shanika. Sh- I'll send that information yeah. over to you guys. Mm-hmm. We'll be now. And now, and I'm going to put a plug in there. I'm going to bring you on the show. I'm going to send you an inv- invitation. Absolutely. Count it done. Good. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for this being This was exciting. <laughs> I can stop sweating. Yes, you can stop sweating. <laughs> I am so honored. I appreciate you. Hometown family. That's what I'm talking about. She's been telling me, Fred, tone it down. Okay, cut it. Absolutely. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, everybody. Night. We'll see Thank you next time. All right. Take care. All right. I promised you it would be good. You can take your helmet off now if you want. <laughs> it was such an amazing conversation. There were so many parts that I just love. I just love his stance on the importance of self. Again, self-awareness, self-care, self-belief, right? The power of proximity, who you allow close to yourself. All of those things I really, really enjoy. He said, if you don't believe in yourself, then you've got to borrow that belief, right? I love when he said it. And he said it, if you remember, with such indignation and confidence, I can't go anywhere but up, right? And that was just so powerful for me as I think about how we all can spend more time thinking positively, that there's something amazing that happens when we face the reality of who we are at our core, right? Again, getting back to self. There's something magical that happens when we protect our mental status and open ourselves up to only let the things in that are going to add value to who we are. It was an amazing conversation. And if you enjoyed it as much as I did, then you already know what to do. Head to the show notes, connect with Fred. We put all of his contact information in there so you can learn about everything that he's got going on in the world and how you can be down with everything that he's up to. I'm just so excited to see my childhood friend just add so much value to the lives of everybody here in the Incredible Factor community. And so thank you so much for hanging out and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.